0: Part three of our six-part series, Conversations About Influence. In this section, we'll be hearing the pros and cons of interrupting, how to do it respectfully and successfully to enter an influence conversation, and how to deal with it when others do it to you. Let's join now with our speakers, B. Kim Barnes, Mary Walter, and Alan Cohen.
1: Mary, when you think about this whole business of interrupting, When you see that happening in team meetings, when you're consulting to a team or when you're observing what happens in the team, what's your sense of how that has changed? Has it changed as women have
2: gained more confidence? My belief is that it has changed um, and that there's been a lot written and studied on this topic. And I think there's more awareness and potentially I would even say less willingness to let this occur. On both sides, male and female, I think people are a little bit more aware and more cautious. And I have to admit that I've even taken to myself when this has happened saying, excuse me, do you mind if I finish my point? Now, would I have done that 20 years ago? No way. And I see more and more, particularly women, being willing to stop the conversation and insist on finishing their point. And I do think that's different than it was 20 years ago.
1: One of the things that I've done with that is actually teach people a way to interrupt. Because there are often times when you're in a meeting and somebody is going on and on and on and they have made their point several times, and the meeting is getting longer and you're not having a chance to say what you want to say. So it's not just about being interrupted. It's also learning how to interrupt in a way that is not ruined... So I'll tell you about that. This is the big secret of <laughs> how to interrupt and, and, and do it successfully. And that is if you will interrupt someone to listen to them, so that you might say something like, So hold on a minute, Alan. Let me make sure. Now I'm picking on Alan here, which is very stereotypical of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me make sure I understand what you just said. You mentioned X, Y, and Z. Do I have that right? okay, then here's the point I want to make. So you begin by listening to somebody actively, and you can stop somebody right in the middle of what they're saying, and if you show and demonstrate that you have actually understood them, there will be that split second where the person is saying, hmm, I I guess I got my point across, and then you can come in and have your say. Which is actually often what's
0: driving the repetition. Absolutely. I want to add something in defense of interruption, though. There's two different things. There's the interruption, which is dismissive of the other person, which is what we're talking about. There's also the interruption, which is, I'm so excited about the ideas that I want to build, and I expect equally that you'll do the same with me. Right, yeah, right. And it's hard to learn to make that distinction, but when you're with somebody who's an and rather than a but person, then I think it's a mistake to say, don't you dare interrupt while I'm finishing my thought. But you have to learn to see who's playing this way back and forth and who's playing to stop you and shut you down.
1: And sometimes people do that because it's part of their relationship. It's a collaborative way in which they build ideas together, and they both understand that. Sometimes there are people that need more time to think. We call them introverts. And that doesn't work well for them. Exactly. Right. So I agree with that. So I think you have to be very careful, even though you may be doing it out of enthusiasm, the other person may find that it interrupts their thinking process. I've really had to learn that one.
2: And I think it goes back to what Kim was saying in How to Interrupt, is you're clarifying that I heard you. And I think the example you gave Alan is really good in that if someone's interrupting you to and and to add on to your point, then you know that they heard you. Yes. <laughs> so I think being aware of that and really listening for understanding, critical.
0: I just wanted to agree about the introvert point. I've been trying to help some introverts who, because I'm not an introvert, I can just zip by, say, wait a second, I just need a little bit of processing time, and then I can add something useful. And if they're willing to do that, they don't have to have the thought formulated yet, but that's also clearing a little bit of space to allow for just that little extra minute of going over it in their head. I find that others will respect it. I've had this happen. When you teach, you get a lot of these. What to extroverts feels like an hour of silence, <laughs> to an introvert feels like a microsecond. Exactly. And afterwards, they say there was no chance to get in. And the extrovert says, God, there were such long silences. I was going crazy. <laughs> Time just feels different. Right, right. So you need to make it explicit. You have just listened to part three
2: of six in the Conversations About Influence podcast. Thank you for listening. To hear more of the conversation, please continue to
1: the next podcast.